Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Derek Rose cut off, gives it up. They swing to Porzingis in the game for three. Air balls it. Loose ball taken by Henderson. Sixers don't call the timeout. Here's Ilyasova. Here's McConnell. Can he get it off? Yes! And the Sixers win it! Trust the process, Lang. Trust <laughs> the process. TJ McConnell with the game winner in a classic game for the Sixers and Joel Embiid and not-so-classic for the New York Knicks. Sekou Smith from NBA.com, the Hangtime Podcast. My main man, Lang Whitaker in Yo. New York. Great show today, obviously. Coming up with a Hall of Fame guest, George Gervin. But before we get to the Iceman and talking All-Star and all all good things, Lang, this this Knicks team is in shambles right now. What is going on? It's been a busy week. <laughs> busy few weeks. I mean, they're, I mean, they're horrible. They, they, they can't do anything right. Derrick Rose went MIA on them for Monday night's game. Takes a fine, comes back. Actually plays well um, yeah. against the Sixers. But get beat by T.J. McConnell on a buzzer beater with Carmelo standing there. If if anybody hasn't seen it, you got to get on NBA.com and find the video and watch Melo's – the look on his face after T.J. McConnell <laughs> hits that shot was just – I mean, it needs I mean, to be on a poster. It's twice in two weeks they've lost on a buzzer beater. I mean, they're they're keeping the hoary scale in business on NBA.com. <laughs> Shout out they to keep, Micah Hart. Keep losing these games at the at the buzzer, but uh, yeah, it it's just it's another. I mean, they can't get out of their own way. It seems like, and you know, I mean, I, I don't. In some ways, they kind of are who I thought they were. <laughs> to, um, yeah, shout out to whoever that was, Dennis Green or. <laughs> Herman Edwards. I mean, horrible. I mean, um, horrible. I mean, they're, they're, what, five games under 500 right now. And I mean, I don't know if anyone expected them to be one of the three best teams in the conference. They're kind of in that mess around at the bottom of the playoffs, eight seed, maybe. I think they'll make the playoffs, but. They're a mighty three and 12 in their last 15 games. Like. Yeah, they've been struggling. I mean, um, what, what is the, you, I mean, the Rose thing obviously was a haymaker on Monday. Um, but, that was so weird. Yeah, I mean we we were <laughs> I mean, uh, we were on set, and when we got word about it, Brent Barry and I and we're talking like you know what could this be? You know, and I asked yeah. him. I said, "You ever remember a teammate just vanishing like that after shoot around?" Initially, I was worried that something had happened to him, like he's in an accident or you know who knows what. But you, you're worried about his safety first and foremost. Yeah, when he doesn't tell a teammate, a team official, or anybody that he's catching a flight to Chicago. And he won't pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, in, in, back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, J.R. Ryder missed a flight <laughs> when the Hawks had a game in Detroit. Yeah, but that's J- Whole team's in Detroit. They don't know where he is. But that's J.R. Ryder. That's J.R. Ryder. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, that was the last time I could remember it happening. 
like that. Yeah. In the moment, you don't know what's going on, and you and you're worried about his safety, and you're wondering, is everything okay? Is, is what what is happening here? Yeah. The weird part is, I mean, the Knicks had to play a game while all that was going on. You know, like yeah, that, and then Jeff that, Hornacek uh, has to come out after the game and answer these questions, yeah. which was super so, awkward. Um, the whole thing was just strange and weird, and and it's, I mean, even with Rose coming back and starting last night and playing pretty well, it's right. still no less weird. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, this is, he's in a strange predicament. Obviously, they've had their struggles this year with the Knicks. He's wanting a max contract. Everybody knows that, and and he's playing well enough that you know somebody is going to look at him and say. You know, we can work with this Derrick Rose. We can we can use him on, on a certain team to maybe strengthen us at that position and, and give us a star, even though I think some people feel like he's lost some of his luster as a superstar and as a player, even, you know, after the injuries and all the drama that's going on. Right. The Knicks aren't going to give him – well, I, I say that. <laughs> and the way money's been handed out to, since last summer, maybe the Knicks will still, you know – be in the market to give him a max contract you think I, I don't know is that too much i don't know i mean like as you pointed out i mean even in the midst of all this stuff i mean last night he still had 25 points and yeah. you know but he, he's not the player that won the mvp and he's not um no no you know as athletic as he used to be um he's still effective i i we talked about it last week with with uh with vince goodwill right and i I don't i can't remember a player as confident as rose is just when you hear him talk he's always like well you know i'm I'm still rounding into form and by the end of the season i'm gonna be at you know top level yeah and he's he seems completely sure that this is gonna happen and that there's no doubt that this is gonna happen and maybe he's right i don't know i mean he he called it when he won the mvp a yeah. couple of years ago before the season so um, I, I guess we just have to wait and see, but I, I, I think with the Knicks, I mean, for so long it's been they they don't have the patience to build this thing from the ground up. And when they draft Porzingis, you think, oh, they finally got this foundational piece to build this whole thing around. And that, and I think it kind of causes them to to jump the gun a little bit on what they were trying to do. And they so they trade for Rose and they trade for and they sign Noah and they, yeah. you know, keep trying to push this thing along and and maybe maybe patience it's just hard to have patience with that team because the fans here are so impatient yeah if if you're phil jackson yeah and you go into the summer and you're trying to figure out where rose fits do you entertain the notion of keeping derrick rose on this roster or do you maybe start sniffing around at the trade deadline and seeing if there's something you can get in return for Derrick Rose. I think it depends on your playoff. I mean, if they keep this pace up now and they play themselves out of the playoff race, maybe, yeah, you see what you can get. But I don't – I mean, everyone knows if he's going to opt out at the end of this season or or he's a free agent. If he's going to be a free agent – the end of the season and, you know, maybe you're not going to be able to keep him, then maybe maybe they're not going to be able to get – what he's worth i don't know i mean him and brandon jennings as a combination at the point guard are pretty good i mean they're like an above average combination at the point um i think the knicks probably have more pressing needs than the point guard position right now if they want to try to be a playoff team you you bring up brandon jennings and d rose you know what they both you know kind of push to the forefront of my mind is just how quickly an injury or or, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time can take a guy who's a star right. or on the cusp of being a superstar, maybe, you know, or a star in, in Jennings' situation. But D. Rose, obviously an MVP, an all-star, and a, and a real superstar. 
at one point in his career, just how quickly you can fall off that cliff. Yeah. And how, you know, and how different the perception is of you when you, when you hit that skid. I mean, when we have conversations about the best point guards in the league, nobody mentions Derrick Rose anymore. Right. He, you know, he's a complete afterthought in that conversation. And this is a guy who won an MVP, you know, just a few years ago. I mean, it's, it's it's amazing to me how quickly you can can get squeezed out of the conversation. Um, he just turned twenty eight. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I watched him. I've told you the story before when uh, Mike Lee and uh, Spears and myself were watching him in Vegas. It was the first time I saw him play live. The the summer before his senior year of high school, he and Eric Gordon were on a team, an AAU team playing in Vegas, and. I had heard of Rose, but I had never seen him. And just to see him on the hoof, how explosive he was and how fast, you know, just how he was like the quickest twitch right. point guard I'd ever seen. I was like, this is unbelievable how good he is. And like you said, now he's 28 years old. And, I mean, that's it's been basically a decade, but it seems like 30 years. It's ridiculous for him to have aged like this. And and I still think he's a solid player. I mean, he's, he's averaging 17 and a half points, yeah. you know, Four point four assists, three point nine rebounds. It's not like he's a bum. He's just he's just not the Derrick Rose who was on the trajectory we thought he would be after winning that MVP. Well, the one thing that made him so special was that athleticism, and and that's not there anymore. Yeah. And so, what happens when that goes away? You know, I I, I remember seeing him. You know, when he was playing at Memphis, and nobody could drive to the basket and get the same kind of lift that he would get on his. Yeah. You know when he would attack the rim, and every once in a while now he still he had a dunk last week where he went baseline and then right. kind of opened up and he did a two hand dunk that was pretty impressive. But it's clearly not the guy that he was back then, and the guy who won the MVP. And you know he's he, he's taken a, a lot of hits yeah. through the years. If I mean I think if if Phil Jackson's doing his job, he's got to he's got to look at what he could give for D Rose in the trade. He's got to he's got to squeeze this thing right up to the trade deadline just in case. You're gonna get. I don't know. I'm saying, you know. But look, it's crazy season. It's trade season. Speaking of, you know, there are teams out there that are trading away key pieces to help opponents strengthen their roster. Your your Hawks giving Kyle Korver away wait, to Cleveland. Wait, wait, they gave wait. him away. They didn't get a first round pick. Yeah, the 29th pick. It's gonna be. What are you gonna get? You gonna? It's not gonna be a great draft pick. We can agree on that. I don't know. Maybe. They they also have a couple other teams picks Whatever. coming up there. Maybe bundle those together. Whatever. I mean, Corbin gets traded to Cleveland. Mike Dunleavy and a draft pick and Mo Williams were all involved. I'm assuming Dunleavy is the only thing you're going to see tangibly in, in a Hawks uniform anytime soon, and that's yeah. that's sketchy. Here's the thing. I think there's two ways you look at that trade. Take I'm off the Hawks on, colored glasses first. Yeah, well, just to look at it like in a vacuum. I'm working on something for <laughs> tomorrow for NBA.com because right. uh, the Hawks play the Celtics tomorrow night. It's their turn of Al Horford to Atlanta. Your turn of Big Al. So two ways to look at it. Number one, either the Hawks got rid of their best outside shooter for a collection of assets that probably aren't going to move the needle in a significant way anytime soon. Right. Right? Or... The Hawks traded the oldest player on their roster who recently lost his starting job and was arguably their worst perimeter defender and got a first-round pick. Mm. I don't yeah. know. The, let's let's also, throw some context they, in there, though. They traded they him to the team that has swept them out of the playoffs in each of the past two seasons and, and strengthened Cleveland. 
also the also though I think they they clear up now they have space to to see what they have in Bembry and Prince and Hardaway because those guys are going to fill those minutes. You know, I, I mean, how much longer can you keep sending Bembry to the D League and letting him <laughs> score twenty five points a game <laughs> every game? Well, I, look, I love that it gives Hardaway even more minutes and more of an opportunity because um, I think he's a guy. I think he's a keeper, which means the Hawks will probably trade him. And I think, you know, the Cavs don't need the Hawks' help in getting back to the finals. So that that's what it that's what it really bothers me. Like if I'm a trade Kyle Korver, I'm not sending him to a team that's already got their LeBron Soldier tens on my throat. You know, what's the point of what's the point of helping out the opposition? And this is the same this is the same franchise, mind you. And I want everybody, you know, do your history on this. I, I believe one Billy Knight. <laughs> Helped Detroit win a championship once, trading one of our favorite players of all time. Jeez. After one game, yeah. in a Hawks uniform, he trades him to Detroit, and 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 helps the the Pistons win a championship. I mean, I just don't like I don't like the idea. Of, it's, it's almost like you're scratching the back of an opponent, and I mean a le- legitimate opponent, a team that you've faced in the playoffs. You give them what might be one of the missing pieces for them getting back to the finals and winning another championship for something that we don't see returns on for another year, potentially. If that, right. I mean, I, I don't like it. I, don't, I, don't I like think, it. you know, clearly Corver is going to, he can help them out. I, I, the Cavs played here the next, last week and I talked to, uh, I asked Channing Fry. <laughs> I said, what, you know, when you, once you get Corver here and into the offense, what do you think it's going to look like? And he looked at me and he just, his eyes got really, really wide. and didn't say anything. <laughs> It was like he was an emoji. He just, his eyes were just huge, looking at me like like he was expecting something amazing. Then he said a profanity that I probably can't repeat. And uh, and then he talked about how incredible Corver will be in that offense because right. he's going to get wide open looks, you know. Um, and he said, you know, uh, actually Kyrie said, and, and he was like, you know, no disrespect to Atlanta, but we're going to get him better looks than he was getting with the Hawks. He's AKA he's all get, disrespect to Atlanta. He was like, he's going to get wide open looks here <laughs> because they're, they're going to double LeBron. They're going to double Kyrie. Right. Kevin Love's going to demand attention. Channing pointed out that, like, you know, they have so many guys who play downhill on that team mm-hmm. b- between Kyrie and LeBron and even JR when he's in there. And he was like, these guys run down, they, they make you touch the paint, and then they spray the ball back out. Right. And, you know, Corver is going to be just like Channing. One of those guys who's going to benefit from it. Right. The question that I I wonder with them is is how is he going to play defensively um, when you have to play? He's not. He's not going to play any more defense than he's ever played. When you have to play Golden State and they're going to have five shooters out there, who's he going to? Is he, Steph, going to go he and Steph can hang out and just jack thirty footers. Okay, it's easy. I mean, it's just simple stuff. Simple so I stuff. Know. I mean, at least Paul Millsap is getting traded. Right. I mean, he's reportedly off the blocks, right? It, he's he's no longer trade bait, according Good. to published reports. According to him, he told us <laughs> he told us the other night. He's like, I'm not, they told me I'm not getting traded. Yeah. He, he said he was excited about it. I can't wait till he gets traded. It'll just be, <laughs> it'll just be another nail in your cuff. At least one guy we know doesn't want to be traded from his team, Demarcus Cousins. Uh, right. They're talking extension with Bad and Boogie, five years. Two hundred nineteen million dollars. Would you do it? If you're the Kings, you you do you you sign Boogie up for that kind of cash? Bad and Boogie. We're gonna have to start calling him Quavo or <laughs> Offset. Never um, mind the fact that Boogie has not led this team anywhere near a playoff berth. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, I would do it. I, I I said it two weeks ago, and I mean t- that's the guy you're trying to get. Every right. team is trying to get a superstar, right? And, and that you know, Boston's been trying to get their superstar for five years now. And you collect assets, and you try to make trades, and you try to find some guy in the draft, and search all over the place. The the Kings got him. They got the guy. And now, now their job is to build around him and and hang on to him and and I you know I keep him and yes there's these other issues and things that he's doing off the you know kicking chairs or whatever it is but I I, I live with that and I say we got our guy and let's figure out how to to make the best of this whole thing. Maybe you keep a coach for more than a year. Yeah, and I like Dave Yeager. I mean they, we yeah. haven't heard anything for all the stuff we heard last year about Boogie and George Carl not getting along and or whoever and previous coaches i mean we haven't heard anything about people not getting along now you know it seems well, like i mean excluding the local months. media of course <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but no, nobody likes the media you saw you saw he was asking uh aileen voicing um do you do you want me here and he's asking the reporters in the locker room you know do you do you want me to be here blah blah, blah. And, and two of them were like no no not really i i gotta uh-huh. i gotta believe that if the kings think Boogie is the answer, yeah. and, and you spent his first six seasons running uphill, you know, and just sliding back down the hill every year. Don't you think you have to really examine that kind of five-year, $220 million commitment to a guy that hasn't really lifted up his teammates? I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I think Boogie's a fantastic player and a talent. <laughs> But I don't think there are going to be a you're lot not, of teams that start you're not being the devil's advocate. You're being the devil. I'm just being the devil here, just the horns. But I'm saying there are a lot of teams that are going to have to ask themselves: Are we making too big an investment on a one player who might not be the guy that moves the needle for us as a franchise and puts us in a potential playoff position? I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's trying to lead a team to a championship. He can't even get him to the playoffs. All right. Well, who's going to do it? I don't know. Do? Maybe it's, I don't know. I'm saying maybe there's Trade somebody else out there. Get a couple draft picks. What are you, you going to do? I don't know. It sounds like what the your, your favorite team is doing that. We're not talking about Boogie Cousins. We're talking about <laughs> a guy playing 10 minutes a game. Paul Millsap's played on a 60-win team, been to the playoffs. I mean, you know, the results speak for themselves. You, you don't want to give Paul Millsap max money, but you'd be willing to give it to Boogie? Might be wrong, but the, the Hawks are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference, right? Yeah. They have the longest playoff streak in, in the NBA, in the East, San Antonio, and longest in the league behind the Spurs. Yes, yeah. So I, I'm okay with that. Let's keep this thing going. It took a long time to get here. You should remember. <laughs> it was like when they won 13 games. Took, you don't. I don't. I have no interest in going back to that. <laughs> I'm all right with. You're good with. with being, that. Yeah, let's be 500. Let's be above average. Okay. <laughs> Look, I was. A, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I sat through a lot of years where we went to the World Series and lost. Right. It's okay. After the season we went through the last couple of years, who knows if you ever get back to, to being right. a very good team. And that's right. okay. Let be, let's be good. Let's be above average. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, look, Draymond Green says Boogie is the best big man in the NBA. We debated that on the blog table this week on NBA.com. Check it out. Make sure you see what everybody's response was. I think Boogie should be in the All-Star game. I don't have a problem with him being a starter. But if it's if it's Anthony Davis instead of Boogie, I'm cool with that as well. Yeah. But we we talk with somebody who knows a little something about All Star games, George Gervin, the Ice Man, with some thoughts on the All Star game and the league in general, and a little bit of everything else on this week's edition of the Hangtime Podcast. 
Joining us Lang this week on the Hang Time Podcast, none other than the Hall of Famer himself, George the Iceman Gervin. Perfect timing with All-Star coming up. Uh, I, th- I thought you meant with all the ice we have everywhere. You, you thought I meant about, because of the snowstorms? No. We- <laughs> hey, we, we appreciate you joining us, uh, George. And, and, and really, does this time of year when we get close to All-Star drum up some, some really good memories for you? Uh, you know, in terms of when you played and, and kind of the fun you had during All-Star Weekend as a player? Well, yeah, I always appreciated All-Star games, you know, and being uh, selected to play and, you know, and obviously how you selected um, because, you know, the fans was voting way back in the, in the 70s. So um, I didn't take it for granted, man. I, You know, I appreciated being appreciated. <laughs> Mr. Gervin, one one question. We we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was curious for your take on this. Like, what do you think being an All Star means? Is it is this is this the same as being like one of the five best players in your conference, or is it a popularity, or is it being a star? What 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 does it being an All Star mean? Well, I mean, you know, it separates you. I mean, um, being an All Star is exactly what it is, man. You. You're an all-star of the NBA. Um, you know that. You know that. That said something about your play. You know, what I mean, and especially your play in the first half of the season, because that's really when you. Uh, right. I use the word nominated and stuff. So it, it was special to me. I mean, and I would tell any guy, especially the young guys that have an opportunity to play in an all-star game, man. You know, relish it, man, and appreciate it, because. You know, in the end, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, that, them some good memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, you you played in enough of them to, to know, obviously, nine-time NBA All-Star as, as well as a three-time ABA All-Star. What, when you look at the candidates this season, uh, and, and guys are having outstanding seasons in the NBA right now, we got, what, eight 50-point games already this season. Who, who are the guys that stick out to you in terms of if you had to pick a top five in the East and the top five in the West, who are the guys you would want on your all-star team? Wow. Well, you know, I, you know, kind of talked about that earlier. Let's start with the East. I mean, with the East, I would look at, you know, like LeBron James, uh, you know, Cleveland, the kid from Milwaukee, Giannis. uh, And then I go with even like a Kevin Love, man. I think Kevin Love is playing some good basketball this year. And, and then when you look at the guards, then I obviously got to go with Kyrie. I mean, um, I think he just, you know, really Cleveland's most valuable player. And then I go with the young kid, man, from Boston, man, Isaiah uh, Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing some good basketball, man. And so, you know, them would be the the five guys on the East that I'll look at. Okay. You know, uh, when I go when I go to the West, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I got to go with KD, Kevin Durant. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's uh, – you know, came to Golden State, man, and, you know, he took over and everybody else had to make some sacrifices, um, and they're still winning. Um, I would look at uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, with San Antonio. Um, I think he's been the rose to all-star status, you know, especially since um, Tim Duncan's left. Um, mm-hmm. Then I, in the middle, man, I'll go with, you know, it's a couple of picks, man, but I, I would go with DeMarcus Cousins, man. I, I think he's one of the best, best post guys in the game. Right. And 
And then when you go to guards, man, uh, wow, that's easy. You know, you go with, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you go with Westbrook and then you go with James Harden, man. So both of them guys, man, especially since James, um, became a point guard, man, his game is excel a hundred times full, man. So, and, and, and Westbrook play one way, man, and that's hard all the time. Right. So you're saying you wouldn't have Zaza Pachulia in your starting five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you asked me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but you do bring up a good point. You said, you know, in, in the in the West, the guards are easy with Harden and Westbrook. But so so does this mean that the, the best backcourt in the West gets left out of the, the starting five of Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson? Well, just think about it, though, man. I mean, are we saying who who's playing? Who's playing? Both of them guys have to really, you know, play a role now. I mean, with bringing in, you know, you bring in Kevin Durant, man. I mean, their games have to change if, you know, it's just, you're going to have some success. Now, Kevin Durant is leading them in scoring and rebounding. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's only one ball. I mean, um, uh, obviously, how you can't talk about Curry, man, two time MVP, uh, or, or or Clay Thompson. I mean, yeah, you, you know, they definitely a part of the conversation, but we saying all stars. I mean, we ain't saying the you know, necessarily the best players. I mean, we saying, you know, the all stars and and if you think about it, man, Westbrook way he playing, I mean he's doing things that is, you know, almost haven't been done before but one guy. And then you James Harden, man, and, and both of them are motivating their teams to win. So how you not talking about uh, Steph Curry and uh, and Thompson, uh, all depends who you talk to. Yeah, right, right. When when you look at the game today and how free flowing it is, and you got these guys getting triple doubles, and uh, you know the three point shot and the way it's changed things, is there a little piece of you that wishes, man, I would I would love to be <laughs> in my prime again and go out and see just see how many you could score on a, on a nightly basis in today's NBA. Oh man, that's scary! I already know how many I can score. I mean, you can't, <laughs> I mean come on, man! You know, I'm shooting 51. And you know, I averaged 30 a few times, man, with guys holding me. So <laughs> for me, I mean, it's a no-brainer. But you know, the the game has evolved, man. I mean, and and this is just how it's being played today, man. And I go with it, man. Uh, and you know, I don't I don't look at them scenarios, man. Uh, Start crying, man, because I know how much money I'll be making. (laughs) (laughs) When you you are known for several NBA teams, I mean, you play with the Bulls and the. the, I think a lot of people remember you as as a Spur, San Antonio Spur, and and having seen Tim Duncan now walk away from that career he had. Um, what do you make of the Spurs now with the, the post-Duncan era? And they're still right up there at the top of the Western Conference. Well, leadership, man. I mean, that's coaching, man. I mean, you know, Pop has a system, man. And he has a system, man, that's been working, man, for a long time. Um, you know, and he bring in guys that fit his system. Um, I think that's the answer. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you're missing a, 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 you know, a guy, the franchise guy, Tim Duncan, right. man. You win five championships with him, man. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, how, how can you compete with that right away? I mean, but Pop is the kind of guy, man, he seemed to be 
always looking ahead, man. I mean, because you know, man, you only can be on top of your game, man, for for so long, man. And you know, and Timmy was there with 19 years, man. Yeah. I mean. So it was time for Tim to go. I mean, and he recognized it. That's why he's gone. But, you know, Tim probably could have still still be in San Antonio playing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's system, man. It's the system, man. And you bring in guys that can play in your system, man. And, and you know, players win games for coaches, man. Coaches don't shoot jumpers. You know, the the, the players win the game, man, out of the respect, man, and the, the, the system, man, and the, the goal that they're trying to reach. And that's the win, man. And that's what makes San Antonio so good. Right. Yeah. No question. George Gervin, the Iceman, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast this week. Looking forward to All-Star Weekend in New Orleans. What, what's the best part about it for you now when you go to All-Star Weekend? Is it just seeing all the guys that you competed against and played with or or getting spotted by, by people who didn't get a chance to watch you play but appreciate what you did and have maybe seen the highlights and understand the stature you have in the game? I mean, I just enjoy the setting, man. You know, all that, you know. I mean, I see some of the young people, you know, talking about their dads who talked about me, uh, you know, really make me seem old. And, you know, <laughs> just, 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 just some of the old guys to let me know that I am old. I mean, so, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's just fun. It's just a fun event. I'm still relevant to the game. I mean, I ain't played in 30 years, man, and you can still talk about ice, man. So for me, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a good time, man. No pressure. You know, I, I make a few ducats. I mean, come on, man. I ain't passing up no all-star game, man. I'm a big part of this foundation of the game, man. So I'm thankful, man, to, you know, to still be relevant. Well, one thing I was just thinking about, I know you're originally from Detroit, um, and with the Pistons moving back to downtown Detroit, uh, what do you think that does for the city and does for uh, for basketball in Detroit? Man, I think it's great, man. I mean, you know, now they don't have to be the Auburn Hill Pistons, man. They can really <laughs> be the Detroit Pistons, man. Come on, man. That, that's pretty special, man. I mean, to have all the, the pro team downtown Detroit, man. Uh, so what, I, what I'm hoping, man, is uh, – you know, it'll help revitalize, man, that 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 city that I was born and, and raised in, man. Cause you know we can use all the help we can get, man, with that community. Um, cause yeah. I love Detroit, man. Um, that's where I was bred, man. That's where I started playing my ball, man. And and them kids, man, in that community, man, uh, they deserve better. Yeah, yeah. No question about it. Martin Luther King High School's finest, George Gervin, here on the Hangtime Podcast. Listen, we appreciate it, and I hope we get to run into you uh, in New Orleans during All-Star Weekend. When we were in Houston a few years ago for All-Star, my hotel room was right next door to yours, and my wife kept asking me. She kept saying, who is this tall guy that in the hall we keep seeing in the hallway? And I was like, I felt so bad for her that she didn't know because she's not a big basketball fan. But I was like, I know a lot of people would have choked her if she'd have said that to them. Like, who is this guy here, this tall guy walking down the hall? Oh, man, oh, man, man. I appreciate it, guys. All right, appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys. Thanks, man. The Iceman, George Gervin, Lang, I, I swear to you, if he could play, if he could suit up and play in New Orleans in the All-Star game this year, even in one of the Saturday night events, I guarantee he'd do it. Can I borrow a couple ducats from you? <laughs> Old school player. Um, awesome. Speaking of players, it's that time, like, like it is every week here on the Hang Time Podcast for the Schumann Stat.
Shoot, what's happening? Nothing. I got a another trivia question for you. Oh, good. This All one right. is uh, a little bit insp- inspired by Lang's uh, question from last week regarding uh, steals, oh, blocks, I believe it was. Okay. All right. All right, so there are two players in NBA history who have made at least 200 three-pointers and at least 600 free throws in, the, in a single season. One of them is James Harden, who's done it each of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. One other player has done it in NBA history. Who is it? Wow. 200 threes, 600 free throws. Now, the cl- first clue is that this player is no longer active. I don't know if he's officially retired, but he's no longer active. Uh, I don't know the context for 600 free throws. Is that considered... That's a lot that's of free throws, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Who lived at the free throw line? Let's see, who lived at the three free throw line? This guy only did it in one season. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of threes, too. And it was and that's 10 least... years ago. It was 10 years ago. It was 2006-07. Hmm. It's at least like two a game. Uh... All right, let me think. And this guy hasn't played in five years. Ray Allen. Antoine Walker. Nope. nope. Dang it. Uh, I'll give you a clue. He's This guy played for four different teams, but his the bulk of his career was, and the, the season that he did this was with a Bouncy. Southeast Southeast oh. Division team. And it's not the Hawks lying, first of all. <laughs> I would know it if it was. <laughs> um, let's see. Tracy McGrady. Nope. Dang. Gilbert Arenas. Correct. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert Arenas was ahead of his time. Free throws yeah. and threes. The man was ahead of his time. In fact, there was a – on the Rachel Nichols show on ESPN, they had Karan Butler on there like about a month ago or something. Uh-huh. And he said he was talking to Gilbert, and he said he asked Gilbert like what player, current player he'd compare himself to. And Gilbert said James Harden. And like I – like immediately, it was like, yeah, I know, because like this stat, this stat I've had in my sort of the, my back pocket for a while, and I think mm-hmm. I tweeted it out once before, but it Lang's uh, stat last week uh, inspired it. So here's the part two of the question: Harden again is on pace for 200 threes and 600 free throws once mm-hmm. again this season, so he'll be doing it the third straight season. There's one other player on pace for 200 threes and 600 free throws if he plays in the remainder of his team's games this season mm-hmm. so one other guy can join the club this uh, year he is a eastern conference all-star was last year and should be again this year to rosen nope isaiah thomas no, no not enough threes isaiah thomas correct oh uh, yes yes I, f- I don't feel like a failure now i actually got something right with you <laughs> 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 Isaiah, listen, Isaiah Thomas has been killing it, by the way, yep. in in ways that can you can we think back to what the Phoenix Suns had a few years ago on their roster when they had they, all those point guards? Yeah, and you talk about a they, team they picked the wrong one. You think? <laughs> <laughs> you think? You think they'd like a do over right about now? I mean, unbelievable! Shoot. You're killing me, son, with these trivia questions. But you better have another good one lined up next week because I'm, I'm going to start studying. I'm going to start studying your tweets and all your other By stuff. By the way, earlier this week, I, I was talking to Dave McMiniman, who um, was here in town with the Cavs. Mm. And I was we were talking about Gilbert because Dave used to help, 
talking about Gilbert Arenas being a trailblazer. He was one of the first bloggers. Right. Yeah, the blogger yeah, that's going to be my account. next clue. That's going to be my next clue is that, like, he shares something with the three of us and that he once had a byline on NBA.com. I co-wrote a story with him in Slam Magazine. But anyway, the, this was Gilbert's birthday. It was a couple of days ago. He turned 35. Mm-hmm. He's still, 35, wow. Still I so he can still play. You know, it's just, you know. Yeah. It's not going uh, to happen. Yeah, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Maybe, maybe uh, Steph's got some room on the roster over there in China. He can play in the three-on-three league. I'm down with that. Oh. Shoot, uh, listen, shoot. I heard you're in tip-top shape. Maybe you can get in on the three-on-three league. Yeah, we should. How about? I bet you there's some guys around the uh, uh, NBA TV studio that are sort of, you know, wondering if they can get in shape by summertime. <laughs> <laughs> I know they can Go back play. Ice Cube down. Nate Robinson's taller than Ice Cube. <laughs> is Ice Cube going to play? No, no. He's just running uh, the show. I think he's just, uh, uh, you know. He's the, the commissioner. Yeah. He's doing his Adam Silver. Um, <laughs> appreciate the shoe, man. Uh, enjoy the week. We'll uh, talk to you next week, brother. All right, fellas. Later. All right, man. All right, John. Man, like, we're getting, we're getting better at this trivia stuff. It only took us seven tries on that first one. <laughs> just seven guesses the first time. That's not bad. We're, I mean, Schumann has a way of making you feel dumber than you already are when you talk to him. Just so, in general. Yeah. Like, just when he has trivia questions. <laughs> so, the, so the more success we have with the Schumann stat every week, I feel much, much better. I can't say the same for bragging rights. I haven't even looked. This is disappointing. This is disappointing. The, the gap has closed is all I'm going to say about bragging rights this week. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. Breathing down your neck. I just traded a reserve player for a first-round pick. <laughs> Ready to make a run? You just traded your just traded your best shooter to the to the team that's kicking your tail every year in the playoffs. I I don't know if John is sabotaging me or what. I think this is a I think I'm being bamboozled. I'm being uh, hacked by Russians because my lead has just been gobbled away here. I'm I'm only a game up now after last week. John, you want to explain yourself here? I would just like to point out I was mocked for picking Grizzlies at Warriors <laughs> as a game for this, and you both got that. Wrong. We both we both screwed it up. I knew so it. did the Warriors. I, so, yeah, last week, Seku was 1-2 and two to improve to improve, deprove yeah. to 12-11. and 11. <laughs> Damn it, man. It was 2-1, 11-12, your tail, game back. This week, we're going to do three MLK Day games. All right. So, we're going to start off with the first one of the day, 1 Eastern on NBA TV, Hawks at Knicks. Yeah. You know, the weird thing of that game... I was looking at the schedules the other day. Is that the Knicks played the day before on Sunday? Like a, it's like a one o'clock or noon start in Toronto, and then they have like a one o'clock start a day later in New York City. Like it's a it's a home and home, but both daytime starts. It's a strange thing, and it's also strange the Hawks don't have a home game on MLK Day because they have for a long time. But yeah. I'll take the Hawks. Of course you will. I'm going to take team dysfunction, and at this time of the season you could flip a coin on which one that is but i'm gonna go with the hawks as well we're gonna jump past the rest of the matinee games and go to the first of monday on tnt starting off with Cavs at warriors eight eastern on tnt (sighs) i'm i'm going with the warriors only because they can't possibly drop both (laughs) of these games during the regular season to to cleveland I refuse to believe they'll do that. I feel the same way. I, I feel like their egos can't take another loss to Cleveland. Can't. I'm looking at their. They they don't. They have a couple of days off before this game. Like they have a little stretch of. Or they don't have a game. In fact, I'm predicting they run Cleveland out of the building. 
I'll make a note of that. Yes, make sure. Yeah, give me extra bonus points. If- I, I'll take Golden State also. I just feel like they they can't lose both games in the regular season to unless Kyle Korver hits a game winning shot at the buzzer. Kyle Shout out to the Orange Scale. So then the third game of the week is going to be the second game of the TNT doubleheader: Thunder at Clippers. I'll no, take the Clippers. no Blake Griffin, right? Blake Blake still out until uh, St. Some, Patrick some, Day, or whatever. I don't know. He got some shots up apparently at this week right. uh, at practice, but after practice, not like he's still not practicing. So didn't Russ bust give him a fat lip earlier this year uh, in L.A.? I don't remember that. I thought, Probably. I thought Westbrook jumped on him one night. And they beat the Clippers this year. I'm gonna go with the Stash Brothers and and Russell Westbrook. I'm going with the Thunder. Okay. You make a pick yet, Lane? Clippers. Okay. Got him. Big up, Star Boy uh, Brad Turner from the LA Times. He'll be at that game, dressed to the nines, clowning. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the Thunder. I, I like. I like what the Thunder. I like what they're doing right now, Lang. In terms of just everybody else, seems like they're kind of filling in the gaps now around Russ. That you know, they're, they're a fun team to watch, and I love Grant. Like yeah, we got to get this dude in the dunk contest. Uh, the the game last night against Memphis was fun to watch because they kind of Memphis kept coming, kept coming, yeah. and, and Thunder's figured out a way to to kind of hang on to it. Yeah. In the um, last matchup, Thunder won one fourteen eighty eight, and Russ had twenty six fourteen and twelve. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember him getting after him a little bit. That's good stuff. Those are good. Those are good games this week. Actually, you you, you played us last week, Johnny. <laughs> you played yourself seriously. He roped us in with that Warriors Grizzlies game. Crime City. Exactly, man. Big shouts to the Iceman, George Gervin. Join us this week on the Hang Time Podcast. Hope to see him at All-Star Weekend in New Orleans. I'm Ray Man John Schumann with the Schumann Stat. Make sure you subscribe to the Hang Time Podcast on iTunes. Leave a glowing review. And there's a new episode every Thursday. We'll see you next week right here on the Hang Time Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, Sekuna Matata!